remind you Tonka chimpanzees Tonka quarterbacks Matt Blitzowders in a bees Bobby roaring fast You and me We're here for this To catch the latest show Kingdom Fire Them Super Flex Come on in Let's go Hey y'all Prepare yourself For the Super Flex Pod Welcome back to another episode of Superflex. Uh, and by back, I mean it's been a while. We were just talking about this. It's been since October, but I'm happy to be back with my good friend, Matt. And Matt has been continuing to do all of his zookeeper stuff during this weird time that we're living in. And Matt, how are you doing now? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Other than a little bit reduced work schedule, a little bit more time off every week. Like my life really hasn't changed that much. I'm not somebody that goes out a lot anyway. I pretty much see the same people uh, that I would see in in non-pandemic times. So uh, I'm a homebody anyway. So for an introvert, it's kind of like paradise right now, to be honest with you, outside of like a few scary trips to the grocery store, you know? Yeah, I was going to say most people, you know, that like being mean of you simply adopted the dark. I was born in it. That's how I feel sometimes with this quarantine stuff. Like I'm a homebody too. So I spend all my time reading books and watching TV. Yeah. So really everyone else is just living the lifestyle that I've always lived. I miss traveling. You know, that's, I missed, I missed that part. We had to cancel a couple of vacations plan, you know, trip to Hawaii and some other stuff, but you know, otherwise things are good. Yeah. I hear that. I'm actually supposed to be in Greece either right now or like in a week. <laughs> so I'm just going to pretend that I'm podcasting from Greece right now. <laughs> but with that, I'm going to introduce our guest. And honestly, our guest doesn't really need much of an introduction. If you don't know who he is, I, you're probably living under a rock. But our guest this week is Scott Fish of the Scott Fish Bowl. You can find him at ScottFish24 on Twitter. He's also involved with Safe Leagues. He does the Commission Pod with Ryan McDowell. And he's been voted humanitarian of the year and the athletics person of the year in uh, 2018. And all of those are well-deserved. So thanks for joining us, Scott. We're very happy to have you on. Thanks for having me on guys. This is, uh, this is awesome. It's good to be here. Um, <clears throat> like, like both of you, I was uh, supposed to be in France in a couple of weeks <laughs> and that one got canceled. So uh, yeah, missed traveling. Yeah, everybody is just going to be disappointed listening to this pod, thinking about all their trips they were supposed to be on. <laughs> we should probably transition into uh, some football talk and some animal talk, just so that we're not instantly turning off all of our listeners. I was going to say, starting to talk football like 10, five minutes into a show, that's really weird. I'm not used to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit weird for this show, to be honest with you as well, so... That's true. There usually is a tangent at the beginning of the show. It's just that with everything going on, I can't talk to you guys about much besides the fact that I've been playing a ridiculous amount of MLB the show and (laughs) reading a ton of fantasy books. And I don't think our listeners really want to hear that. If they do, they can slide into my DMs. But other than that, do you guys have anything you'd like to talk about before we jump into the football talk? I don't. I don't think so. I, I'm. I'm excited for someone to actually slide into your DMs about this. <laughs> we need more MLB the Show talk on the show. 
I could only imagine. Well, I'd be like, well, you take a power swing. With, no, I'm not doing it. I do. I do think it's crazy that. It, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I've heard because I don't really play DFS anymore. But is there like DFS now for like Madden and and uh, like baseball video games and stuff? I know there's like tournaments and, and and things going on. Like people are watching streams of that instead of actual sports. But I I think I heard there was DFS for it too. Yes, that's an actual thing that's happening. That's insanity. The other day, uh, so I guess this is our tangent now. The other day I was uh, watching some TV with my parents because I'm currently living with my parents while we ride this out. And on the TV was what looked like an actual basketball game, but both my dad and I quickly recognized that it was actually just people playing NBA 2K. But my mom walked in and she's like, wait, sports are back? And she sat there for like 20 minutes thinking it was real basketball <laughs> and no one corrected her That's until incredible. eventually I was just like, mom, look, it's a video game. And she couldn't believe it. So, yeah, graphics have come a long way. Man, that is that is uh, yeah, that is something that the graphics are that good nowadays that it can fool the uh, the, the, non, the non-video gamer. Yeah, but to your point, Matt... DFS for anything is legitimate right now. Like I'm that marble racing. Man, I, I love somebody's... marble racing. It's so intriguing. Like I don't know why, but like everyone that I put on, even people that are not sports fans, will I'll throw marble racing on there, and then all of a sudden they're rooting for deep ocean <laughs> or or whatever. You know, like it's it's a uh, it's a thing. I like I like to watch. It. And I saw I don't know if you guys watched last week tonight with with John Oliver. That show is, is great. Uh, but they have now sponsored the I don't remember the jellies gels or jellies like marble racing tournaments or something. It's a big one, and I think they're out of Germany or something like that. Hmm. Uh, and so they've now been sponsored so that they can run this twenty twenty tournament tournament and they not only run like the little sand tracks and stuff they build like lego tracks and like uh have different like competitions like relays where one marble will bump into the other one and send that one on so <laughs> it's like it's getting it's getting big man so good for them to getting a sponsor out of curiosity have you guys been turning pretty much everything you can into sports at home so i'll take the dogs <laughs> out in my yard and they have like a little fence area and i'll kick a ball at and pretend it's a goal i have a laundry basket in my room that i've of course throw all my clothes at but only shoot it like a basketball and refuse to place it in <laughs> <laughs> well i have a seven-year-old so that's my daily <laughs> he makes brackets and tournaments for everything we do so yeah that's that's definitely a thing i think even if sports like even when sports existed that was a thing in this house that's i have a request for for ian he needs to make a best animal bracket i need to see i need to see it <laughs> I, I I will make sure he does that. <laughs> and if the monster doesn't win, then I this is it's, it's what about it's snowman? Snowman <laughs> is good too, you know. <laughs> uh, inside jokes. Uh, I hope to be part of him one one day. <laughs> nice, Michael. With that, when you start talking about inside jokes that not everybody gets, I think that's a great transition into talking about something <laughs> that everybody will get. So let's start talking about some of these rookie quarterbacks. And we're going to begin with Joe Burrow. And Scott, give Mm -hmm. us some thoughts on Joe Burrow. Do you think he's going to succeed right away? What does it mean for his offensive weapons? And if you have one, don't feel pressured. But if you have one, give him an animal comp. You know, I put more uh, time and effort thinking about an animal comp for him than than I did on his prospects for 2020 here. Uh, No, I actually, I, I actually think the Bengals offense could be a lot better than people think with AJ green coming back and Tyler Boyd and, and uh, 
<laughs> you know, T Higgins coming in. John Ross is still there. Auden Tate made some awesome, awesome catches last year. Maybe the Bengals will finally get Joe Mixon more involved in the passing game. Uh, and, and he, you know, he opens it up just, just by, you know, having a good ground game there. Um, I, I think Burrow can far exceed expectations. I think he's, I think in, in redraft leagues, he's going like late teens, uh, even twenties as quarterback in dynasty, you know, obviously he's got a lot more value there, but, uh, for this year, I, I think he could, I think he could really threaten as a top 15 quarterback with, with all the weapons he has and the potential for the Bengals to be behind in games and him having to shoot it out. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan. I'm I'm a fan of what he he has there in Cincy. Matt, what do you think about Burrow? Yeah, I I don't necessarily disagree, and he's intriguing, especially in redraft. You know, we've we as one of those late round quarterback targets. So last year, we we don't really have a I don't think we really have an obvious one this year. Like last year, it was pretty obvious that Lamar Jackson was gonna you know smash his ADP. We probably didn't think he was gonna be you know quarterback one, but he was he was kind of an obvious late round target. Um, this year, I don't really think we have one. But Boa Bur- Burrow makes a lot of sense as that someone who's coming into a good offensive situation. You know, they spent a first round pick last year on Jonah Williams, who who on offensive tackle. Jonah Williams, who missed basically the entire season last year, um, so they've they've got some offensive lineman power firepower. I think I read something he was training with Joe Staley too, so I, that can't be anything but good. Um, obviously, some good offensive weapons there. You know, I guess we'll see if if Mixon holds out that the running back situation might be a little bit questionable. And we know how much he he or you know the system uh, at LSU like to throw to the running back with Clyde Edwards-Helaire. So if Mixon is there, then that's going to be huge for him. I will say though that like from a long term standpoint, and I know they're completely different situations, but I've always had this weird feeling about quarterbacks that are you know really successful one year starters. And he, I know he's very different than Mitchell Trubisky, different situations and all of that Tim stuff. Uh, but uh cam newton <laughs> um so uh i don't know i just feel it just feels a little bit like he he has a chance to not be as good as everybody thinks he is I, i'm not necessarily sure he's this can't miss process uh a prospect but you know he, he it's hard to argue with the best college football quarterback season ever in, in the sec right so uh i'm optimistic but there is a little bit in the back of my mind that says you know that i think there is a chance that he could could fail Ma- management too like the the Bengals are just such a hard team yeah. to trust that right. they'll they'll use him right or figure out you know keep keep him stocked with weapons or keep the offense going right like it, the Bengals are just hard to trust with a lot of that stuff even though Andy Dalton did have like a top three year ones I, I, um, and I and I really hope that Zach Taylor I mean I think he's a, he's a smart coach we yeah. think he is anyway I hope he like just lets Burrow do what he's good at like let him bring in the system that he was so successful with in college because if not if he tries to fit him into this other scheme where you know that it, it, I guess we're going to find out real quick whether or not it was Brady Joe Brady or if it was um, a Joe Burrow you know maybe some combination of the two but I think Taylor really needs to let him do what he does well to, to be successful I'm sure Teddy Bridgewater fans are hoping that it was Joe Brady <laughs> I was just going to say, like, I'm intrigued by, by Teddy Bridgewater. He's another one of those late round options, I think, that is interesting that could, you know, significantly outperform ADP. He's got some weapons, too. Yeah. Freshwater. Yeah. Yeah. Samuel Moore, McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, et cetera, et cetera. Let's uh, not Bridgewater too much. I did just trade away my only share like 20 minutes ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is often a tangent now, but since we're here, you know, everybody, maybe not anymore, but like it seemed early on, once they got Bridgewater, everybody was down da- and, and got Robbie Anderson, they were pretty down on Curtis Samuel. 
Uh, but I don't know. Curtis Samuel is somebody I think can operate really close to the line of scrimmage, and that seems to be Teddy's strength. Yeah, so uh, I'm, 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 I've been buying Curtis Samuel ever since everybody has been saying, oh, he's, he can't he can't coexist with Robbie Anderson, you know? I got him twice after this in the same situation as you. Got him twice just because he got cheap enough. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, the, the offseason hype from last year turned into like a downswing this year, and I grabbed him in a couple places. Uh, Animal Comp. <laughs> did, did, did you guys have one too? Because I have, one. I have, I have one. one now. Yeah, I got. I it. have one that I'm not sure fits. Throw it out there, Scott. Perfectly, but uh, and I don't know if it's uh like if it's a shot at Burl or if it's <laughs> a compliment. But I'm gonna go with a prairie dog. Ooh, okay. I, I there are lots of times he runs around quite a bit, like he pops his head up and down, like do, avoiding defenders, and then you know jumps up and throws the ball downfield, like like a prairie dog jumps out of its hole and barks when when there's <laughs> I don't know. Just and, what the and, hell? They're, and they're really gregarious animals, like they rely on the rest of their their quote unquote team to they're to really be successful. Do. So maybe Burrow is going to be the same way. I, I hope Joe Burrow this year behind that Bengals line. He he jumps up and barks once and like every everybody just jumps and barks. Allen, <laughs> Allen, Allen. I don't know who the Allen is for, for Cincinnati, but hopefully it's AJ Green. Oh man. Matt, what's your comp? I I went because uh, to me I feel like his best trait is accuracy and like intermediate areas of the field it was like 76 percent accuracy and like 80 percent within like between 10 and 20 yards something like that so i went with the archer fish which is a uh, this fish in it uh, lives in rivers and i think in south america and they shoot basically water out of insects off of leaves and uh are pretty accurate with that and that's how they they eat basically is to shoot insects off of, off of plants that along the water's edge wonder how they got their name it's crazy. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> that sounds like my new favorite fish, to be honest. Like the coolest hey, ever. shots oh, fired right. over yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> my new favorite fish that lives in water. Actually, for all I know, you could. I really don't know. Where. Don't you see the gills on Scott's neck? I know people at home can't see him, but I can see some gills under there. <laughs> nice. I like well, an archer fish. My animal comp was a honey badger, and that's because the first piece of news that I could find when I was trying to find news about Joe Burrow was that he got in a fight with one of his teammates at practice when he was in LSU for basically knocking him down, and he got right up in his face and just – shoved him backwards essentially and got really aggressive and the whole team started fighting. Supposedly they later were like, Oh yeah, we all respected him for getting in his face and starting this huge brawl between teammates. <laughs> but at the same time, it's just really aggressive. Um, you know, there's all those memes about honey badger don't care. And I just yeah. imagine Joe Burrow with the cigar in his mouth, walking around looking like he doesn't care about anything. I Did honestly, unless you play into that at all too. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. I also uh, honestly hope that he becomes the next Jake Cutler, not in the <laughs> style of play and just the like total don't give a fuck attitude. That'd be awesome to see because we need a new Jay Cutler. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but there is a lack of quarterbacks. Who just don't <laughs> no, care. No, no DGAF quarterbacks right now. Huh? You, you know, Trubisky kind of fits that, but I actually think he cares. He just isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Josh Allen or Drew Locke have a little bit of that in them at times. Yeah, Drew Locke definitely. I don't get me started on Drew Locke. I've made a lot of Broncos fans angry uh, this <laughs> offseason. 
by talking about how they should sign Cam Newton and how he probably would replace Drew Locke. Oh, oh man, yeah, I think uh, I think they I think they really want to give Locke the reins there. So I don't know if that's happening. Oh. Yep. I if, he talk- fa- if he fails with all of that, then man. They could also just bring in Newton as an insurance policy, but I also, and I know this is another tangent, but I, I think if you sign up or sign Newton whatsoever, no matter what, the media is going to make a controversy about who the starting quarterback is, and that's probably oh, why sure. he's not signed yet. Yeah. I don't know. They they aren't making a controversy out of Jameis Winston. Oh, no, they kind of are, <laughs> but not with Winston. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean – does anyone actually believe, and sorry if you do, that Taysom Hill is the future of that franchise? I don't know. Kind, kind I, of. I don't believe he's the future, but I can easily see him being a one to two year stopgap. Yeah, a bridge. Yeah. yeah. I, I could easily see that. Like, I don't know how much I believe it, but I could see it happening. But I don't I, I don't see him as like the eight years after Breeze. <laughs> well, he, isn't he almost 30? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's almost <laughs> 30. And I don't know if he, he would necessarily be successful as a full-time starter, but I do think that uh, Sean Payton has, has a big enough ego to think he can make him successful for some period of time. I think so, he has like 14 career passes or something yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't, nobody has enough info to know if he'd be good as a full-time <laughs> starter. We don't even have enough info to know that he'd be good as a one-quarter starter. It's kind of like <laughs> – Bill Belichick with Stidham trying to prove that he can turn anything into a good quarterback. That situation is so weird. Like, I just don't like Cam Newton just falls in your lap and you're not going to bring him in. It just that feels so weird. Or even just looking at the deal that Winston took to play with the Saints. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's really interesting. Although the Patriots don't have that much cap room. And as someone who picked up a few Stidham shares in like the fourth round of Superflexes last year, I'm pretty happy with it, yeah. but I'm sure, or I'm at least not fully sold that he's going to be the guy, even though at least for now they're trying to make him that guy. Yeah. I think he's the guy enough that he's going to get the opportunity. <laughs> like, I don't know if he's the future, but he, I think he's going to get every shot this year. Absolutely. I'm, I'm upset. Winston didn't get a starting role though. Not that he deserved it. <laughs> I think he's just fun to watch. You never know what's going to happen on it. He's the, he's the closest Jay Cutler cop out uh, there. Right? Yeah, but yeah. you know he got he has LASIK now, so I was he, might say. Not, he might not be as decaf now. He might he might see those defenders and uh, you know think twice about throwing it downfield. I don't know. LASIK helps your eyes, but not your decision making. Like he's <laughs> he's throwing it while while basically horizontal before. Like that yeah, is yeah, the yeah. vision thing. That's that's a I don't care. The opportunity of at least seeing if a Winston who can actually see the field is a better quarterback, and that's saddening. Imagine that. I mean, we're talking about a guy who has nearly 20,000 yards at age 26, and we're like, let's see if he's better. That's crazy. (laughs) The very least, I mean, maybe what was happening with some of his bad decision-making was he was like seeing two or three of the defender and going, okay, I don't (laughs) think the guy in the middle is the real one. So if I throw it there, he won't be Oh, damn it. Oh man, <laughs> you never know. I'm trying to find a good way to transition, and there just really isn't one. So let's just start talking about Tua. Do, and I'm not- do, do you watch uh, 
what what we do in the shadows do i, I, do. Guys watch I haven't that? i've seen the movie but i haven't watched the series yet. Uh, is it, you need to the watch series the series is so much okay, better really? i love the movie the and movie? the series is so much better okay then i'm um, gonna wait, fire that up today but, but scott are you caught up oh yeah well well actually no i think uh this very last episode we uh Sorry, I'm not sure when it is. Weeks either, but the Colin Robinson episode—that was was one of the greatest episodes of television ever. My wife and I cried laughing; it was so funny. But where I was going with with this was Laszlo when he when he transitions from human to bat, he yells "bat" and he transitions. So I think you should, when you do your transition, like if there's a dead spot, just go transition and then go to the next go to the next spot. I think that's going to be my new thing because usually I just talk about it, but from yeah. now on, I'm not even. It's just going to be the one word transition. I have a question about the show. It, do you need because uh, Me- Megan hasn't seen the movie? Do you need to see the movie before no, you see nope, the show? No. Okay. No. Perfect. Perfect. Um, there is an episode I think in season two where the the movie characters have a cameo, <laughs> but um, but it's a different it's a different threesome foursome okay. technically. Um, different familiar everything yeah no you don't have to watch the movie at all Perfect. It. it's self-contained yeah and it's honestly i and i've said this to a lot and pretty much anyone who will listen now that the good place is off air it's between that and brooklyn for my favorite comedies on show tv right now did, did you era. say brooklyn or yeah brooklyn brooklyn. Nine-Nine? yep gotcha yep that's a good show i really like that one yeah, yeah so- what we do in the shadows is great all right that's that's coming on today then Nice. Yeah, it's all on Hulu. So, well, all right. now I get to do that. Transition. <laughs> you should get all the hosts to do it at the same time. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Tua. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his last name because I know. Tungavailoa, come on. Tungavailoa, is that how you say it? Tungavailoa. All right, Tungavailoa. And he was drafted. <laughs> <laughs> extra N in there, I think, but... <laughs> This yeah. is why I don't do it. I'm just going to say two. Next, next up, next up on the Zooperflex podcast, Bobby pronounces Albert O's last name. <laughs> next <laughs> up on the Zooperflex podcast, Bobby sends an apology to Tua, similar to the orangutans, for mispronouncing <laughs> his name. I'm glad I picked another animal that's hard to pronounce. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Ooh, uh, I wonder if we Tua. have the same one. So Tua. Oh no, was, I didn't. I didn't pick an animal for Tua. I'll try to oh, pick one. Okay, spot. let's go. He was drafted by the Dolphins, who obviously have Ryan Fitzpatrick or Fitzmagic there, and he is recovering from his hip injury. We'll start with Matt this time. Matt, do you think Tua starts at all this year? Is it essentially a redshirt freshman year for him? You know, I think there's a chance he sits all year, but I don't think it's very likely as, as long as he's proven that he's healthy. Uh, we've maybe not last season, I guess, but, but, but historically, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, when he's come into situations like this, he's had, you know, four to five really good games and then defenses catch it up and he turns into to Fitz pumpkin. Right. So I think there's a chance that that happens. You know, this is a team that, you know, it, they definitely came on at the end of last season, but maybe with that seventh playoff spot, somehow they sneak in, but I really don't think they're competing again this season. So if they get to a point where they're, you know, out of the running for sure, I think that Tua comes in, you know, I don't want to put a week on it, but I would, I, I would, I would, I would say, you know, he, he gets at least like six games, I, I would guess, if, if not more than that. Yeah, it's one of those things with the weird offseason that I think that yeah. a, a quarterback – like Tua or like, you know, several of the others, at least the other one we're going to talk about today. Like, 
I think they might have gotten a chance week four, week five, or week. I think it might be later in the season in a, yeah. in a year like this that 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 happens. But I'm I'm on the same page as Matt. I don't think he redshirts the fall season unless there's some kind of setback or or something like that. I think I think they're going to want to get him in there and uh, and see what they got. And Matt's right on Fitzpatrick. I mean, he Fitzpatrick has never been able to be the the boom version of Fitzpatrick for longer than like three games. I, I think he had maybe one season where he was he had more than a three game stretch of being being awesome. You don't think you're underestimating the ability of his new outfits with those like track suits and all the swag that he's wearing. Have you seen his hair and beard? I mean like <laughs> I, I do like him quite a bit. I mean he maybe he's yeah, the Jay Cutler like and Jay Cutler. Yeah, he's fun yeah. he's absolutely fun to watch. So now I didn't. It looks like the Dolphins buy is week eleven. So <laughs> maybe maybe weeks twelve through seventeen for Tua. I'm, if you're his owner, would you be happy with that? And as a follow up question, I know how Matt feels about this, Scott. So I'll direct it more towards you. In Dynasty, would you rather have Burrow or would you rather have Tua? I'd I'd still rather have Burrow. Um, yeah, the as far as the owner thing. Uh, for Tua this year, I don't think I can't imagine there are a lot of people grabbing Tua, expecting fantasy points out of him in year one. Like I, I think it's in the in your mindset if you're drafting Tua, it's a bonus if you get any startable weeks out of him in year one. So I don't think that's really too much of a thing. Well, yeah, and, and like in a super flex format, you if you if you have a pick where you can take him, you probably weren't very good last season anyway. So. You're probably yeah. okay, okay waiting on him for another year, I would guess. I have a contender where I have the 102, and I'm sure some of my league listens to this, but I'll probably be taking Tua, but my quarterback situation has also fallen apart. And part of the reason I have 102 is because I traded, very sadly, it broke my heart, but I traded DJ Moore away for that pick mm-hmm. and some other stuff. I mean, it's that's a fairish trade. I mean, I, I generally make trades like that in Superflex anyway just because – I try to draft or auction as many quarterbacks as I can in super flex drafts and auctions. Cause I know once that draft or auction is over, there's so much harder to get. So I I'm fine with that. I, it, it's a little bit. Of, yeah. Yeah. I'm fine I've, I've never actually done one of those. Like I think it's John Hogue that always pushes the strategy of like out of your first five picks, you come away with four quarterbacks. I've never tried that, but it, it sounds like a lot of fun. I won't, I won't leave a super flex start up without at least two in the first four rounds. I just never do it. It never yeah. happens. I have I, to see, see, I've always been more comfortable having just two solid starters and maybe having a third, yep. you know, fringe guy, but yep. you know, having four or five, and then you have the flexibility to trade for, for other, other positions is, is kind of intriguing. Yeah. I recently, I've been, fi- sorry, I've been fighting ahead. myself with Minshew is my third. Like I find myself yeah, yeah. like kyler watson and Minshew, or kyler allen and Minshew, or guy like and i'm very comfortable with something like that i, I have a lot of like older third too like breeze is my third guy you know like roethlisberger is my third guy yeah that's the exact situation i just found myself in scott so that trade where i traded teddy bridgewater i got mm-hmm. Minshew, but this was a recent startup where i took watson and murray and the intent was okay i'll take these two guys and then i'll trade one of them for a haul and then people kept offering me like probably pretty solid deals, but not an overpay. I was just like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to keep Watson and Murray for the next decade and hope that they can continue to be the guys they are and spend my rookie picks elsewhere. 
So yeah. the strategy definitely changed a bit because I definitely went into it thinking, okay, I'm going to hold these guys ransom. And it went, uh-oh, I've fallen in love with the guys and now I can't sell them. This is maybe not right this minute, but we're 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 in the window, I think, to buy Watson too, because he's I think in a lot of places he's even fallen below Dak. So like he's fallen from, you know, QB two to three two to down four. to five, you know. So Yeah, I routinely see him going behind definitely behind Kyler and Lamar yeah. and um Mahomes, but I yeah, I've seen him drop behind Dak a couple times. Yep. Yeah, I think some people are overemphasizing Lamb and what he'll do for Dak's fantasy outlook. I don't know that it'll change that drastically. I do like Lamb, but I just think he's basically the new Gallup or their production will shift a bit, but it won't increase greatly. I, I think it helps Zeke almost more than more than Dak. You know, I agree that. No, one, no one's going to be stacking the box and. Yeah. I need to I need to know if what we saw to Dak last year is the new Dak or if what we saw the first three years was Dak, right. which was still very good. Right. Like we're still top twelve quarterback, but but last year got a little ridiculous. And, and the report I saw this morning was that they offered him five years one hundred and seventy five million dollars that he still is not okay with that. Yeah. Just, just take the money, Dak. Jeez. Yeah. Undrafted. He was was he undrafted? No, he wasn't undrafted. No, he wasn't undrafted. Not, he not was, highly. Uh, I believe not, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was sixth round or fifth round, something like that. Dak, we should, know, we should know. For this. some reason, I thought Dak was a fourth rounder. <laughs> it might, it might be a fifth round. Yeah, I'm almost positive he was a fourth round. Actually, regardless, fourth round those guys. Right. Regardless, those guys don't make 175 million dollars. So, <laughs> come on, come on, Dak. I think that's enough. Yeah, fourth round. Yeah, no, Dak has always been very accurate, but last year was crazy for him fantasy wise, and the team attempted way more passes than it typically has mm-hmm. so we'll see if he can keep that up but uh you know watson is a guy that i've always really liked and yeah. if you're giving me dak versus watson i'll take watson every time so if i have dak and can turn him into watson plus that's a move i'm instantly looking to do yeah i i would i would i i still have watson ranked higher than dak i just uh i just yeah, I I think Dak I think Watson can still do it without even without Hopkins. It does worry me about that GM situation <laughs> down in Houston, though. <laughs> but one can hope that uh, that you know Deshaun Watson is New England Patriot next year or something. Well, also when one can trade one of the best wide receivers in the game for a washed up David Johnson. You have to do it. Scott. You got to do it. You got to do it. I'm shocked they didn't fail that fit the physical last minute. <laughs> just, just, just clear that trade out. That's that's insane. I had <laughs> when that trade happened. Um, I I was like I was looking at one of my dynasty startups where I had uh, Watson and Kyler are my two quarterbacks in that superflex league, and I'm like, I don't even know how to feel about this trade right now. <laughs> Oh, man. To be fair, I am actually a pretty big Brandon Cooks guy. I know he had concussions, but when he's healthy, he plays well. So while he's not Hopkins, that does help them at least a bit, I think. Yeah, they have a lot of run down so the much field speed. guys. So much speed, yeah. Oh, transition! <laughs> we didn't do an animal comp. I was oh, going to more of the animal comps. Okay. Matt, what's your animal comp? Because I, I didn't think of one. I'm not sure I'll be able to think of one in time. I went with this is also a, a shout out to I guess Redless Three coming online here pretty soon, but I went with a Przewalski horse. Uh, you made and, that up. 
I did it. Wazowski horses uh, are native to Mongolia, and they basically went extinct in that area. Uh, in I think in the fifties, I believe, uh, and at that time, zoos uh, really started to started breeding them in in uh, in zoological settings, managed care settings, and then released about ninety back, and now they're back up to three hundred or so in their native habitat. So they're one of the one of the zoo success stories, I think. So I think the same way with 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 Tua. You know, he was he was very successful. He was a very successful quote animal, and then he got hurt, and now he's going to come back and 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 be successful again. So, kind of kind of a stretch, maybe, but that's what I went with. I guess you could also go like California condor or something like that, another animal that basically came back from extinction. By the way, I was joking. The Minnesota Zoo has a ton of them. <laughs> I love the Minnesota <laughs> Zoo, and they have a bunch of them. They have a bunch of bunch of Przolski horses. They just I think it just says Asian horses on the sign. They're my second favorite equid behind the Somali wild ass. <laughs> and and Ryan, Ryan McDowell and Dan Myler will be co-owning the Somali wild ass vampire team in Red List 3. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It sounds, sounds like a very fun league you're setting up there. Hope so. I mean, Red List 2 is a lot of fun, so I'm sure Red List 3 will be a lot of fun, especially if you're adding in vampire elements. Yeah, I've I've only played in one vampire before, and it wasn't an auction format, so we'll see how it goes. Scott, was that enough time to give you an animal comp for two? Or <laughs> no, I was actually looking how many how many of these horses the Minnesota Zoo has, and they have twenty twenty five. Oh my gosh, that's a big herd. Yeah, I, that's why I said they they have a that's lot of crazy. Them. Yeah. Well, I do have an animal comp for Tua, and it's going to sound like an insult, but it's really not. Uh, I just learned this because I had to Google it real quick. But I'm going to comp into a jellyfish. And the reason why is because they're the most energy efficient of all the animals and sea creatures, apparently. And if you look, before he got injured, there's a chart showing like Tua's efficiency compared to other college quarterbacks. And it's basically off the charts compared to the average. And he had like the three most efficient seasons of all time in terms of his passing. So that's why he is a jellyfish to me. And it is a strong comparison, not a weak jellyfish, not like a washed up jellyfish on the beach. It's a whole bunch of jellyfish in the ocean that aren't allowing you to swim because they'll zap you. They're, they're pretty unfair, uh, especially like box jellyfish that are clear and like transparent and tiny. I was, I was diving in, uh, in Hawaii, uh, I don't know, maybe a decade ago. And there was, uh, some kid like got brought back onto the boat, just like convulsing, like seizures, like and 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 the coast guard had to come out and meet the boat and get him. And apparently, he got stung by a by a box jellyfish. Like you can't see them, and they're one of the most venomous animals in the world. Like it's, it's just not fair. So, really quick tangent there. So, this past January, my wife and I went on a trip to the Dominican Republic, and she was snorkeling, and she saw uh, I think it was a moray eel, right, Matt? And I'm texting Matt about it, and we're being told how dangerous this thing is or whatever. <laughs> Matt's like, oh, I dive with those things all the time. You know, I just go down. You know how people, like, go swimming in the shark tanks and, like, cages to prevent themselves? He's like, no, nah, I don't need that. I'm fine. He's like, they're, they're far <laughs> They just hide. They go into a rock outcropping, and they hide unless someone is bringing out food to feed them. That's when people get hurt by, by eels. Well, this guy was giving them squid to, like, Well, there you go. Yeah, so he's not very smart. There's one I don't remember exactly 
uh, where it was or what kind of of moray eel it was. But there was like you know how sometimes uh, I don't know what channel, maybe Animal Planet, they do like the world's most dangerous animals, whatever. Uh, there's a there's a pretty famous video of one of a person like trying to feed it hot dogs. So I find to feed one hot dogs and. You know, underwater, and especially to an eel, a hot dog probably looks like a thumb, right? So mm-hmm. it, it took the thumb instead of the hot dog. So there's a there's a famous one of that uh, video of that. If you if you know if you want to go see what that looks like, but I think in general, as long as you don't try to feed them, like which you, which you probably shouldn't be doing anyway, then you're you're probably okay. Yeah, Matt just goes diving with them all the time with no protection. It's fine. <laughs> they, they, I've never even seen one. I've been, I have like, I don't know, 250, 300 dives or so. Uh, and I've never seen one out free swimming. So they always hide in the rocks. So if you don't go in there sticking your hand in there with their head poking out, yeah, and they, they look menacing because they have that, like, they like open their mouth, uh, that open mouth. Yeah. The, that's yeah. how they breathe though. They, they're, they're pulling water through their mouth into their gills. And then that's how, that's how they breathe. So they're not like trying to be menacing at you, <laughs> but you know, they also just look prehistoric to be fair. Like yeah. they look like dinosaurs transition. <laughs> 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 I was I was sitting trying to trying to imagine. Speaking so, of eels, yeah. Speaking of eels, Justin Herbert's kind of fucking eel, right? Now, uh, Justin Herbert was drafted <laughs> by the. the uh, <laughs> he was drafted by the Chargers, and everyone knows that it was really kind of a top two in this class. And Herbert is the third guy, and I guess Love. Uh, sorry, Matt, to bring up for Love. I don't know. Yeah, but I guess Love is now the fourth guy. But uh, Herbert was drafted by the Chargers, and it's a good landing spot, at least in my opinion, because of the weapons. Mm -hmm. But then there's all this talk coming out that they were maybe interested in Cam Newton. So, Scott, let's start with you. Do you think that's an indication of what they think of Herbert or more that they just don't trust Tyrod for this year? Yes. (laughs) Can I just say yes? (laughs) No, I I think they want Herbert to be the future, and I think that – I think that they realize, especially nowadays, when when you know you're moving on from a guy like Philip Rivers or you know a franchise quarterback, and you want to find a new franchise quarterback, odds are you have to find them in the first round. And I think I think teams that are in that mode are just going to start. You know, I think I think the the data has shown they're just you. You should just start taking shots on first and second round quarterbacks when you know that you have to make that transition coming up. And they, I'm sure they hope that Herbert is that guy, um, but they also want to win now. And Tyrod Taylor has, you know, he's he's looked good at times. He's looked not good at times. It, it, Her, Herbert's going to have a basically no off season. Um, they can't depend on him for wins, and they have players that, like you said, they have weapons to to make to make a shot. Now that defensive secondary is awesome. Their 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 offensive weapons from from Eckler to to Williams to Keenan Allen to Hunter Henry to they they have pieces they have a terrible old line but they have pieces um, and maybe Cam Newton fits better with the terrible old line because you know he probably still has a little bit of running in his legs um, and s- same as Tyrod but uh, no I I I think it's all of those things that. They probably want Herbert to be the future, but they realize this is a unique year where they need to build for the future, but they also need to try to win now. And they're in an offseason where Herbert's not going to get the reps that they're going to want him to get. So have Tyrod and Cam try to take take what do whatever they can this year. I I 
I actually kind of like the move for the Chargers for this year. You hate it as a fantasy owner, but I kind of I kind of get it on a franchise uh, franchise level. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I think of the three, he's probably the most likely to sit the whole whole season. Um, you know, you have the relationship between Tyrod and Anthony Lynn from when they were in Buffalo. I think Tyrod is a competent quarterback. Uh, that could that could run the offense that Len wants to run, uh, you know, and, and they have enough talent on the rest of the team uh, that you know they could be you know a fringe playoff team, another one of those teams that could easily make that seventh playoff spot. So if they're in the in the running again for you know pretty much the whole season, I could see Tyrod uh, or or Cam if he's brought in uh, be, be, being that quarterback for the whole season, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea for for Herbert either. So uh, I don't know. I think there's a chance he plays, but I think it's pretty slim compared to the other two we've been talking about. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, I do hope that he plays because I'd like to see what he does with the weapons. And I also think that they have a situation where if he comes in and plays well, as Scott was alluding to, they could make the playoffs. But I think that's also why they could sign a guy like Cam because they realize they are in this contention window and they don't necessarily want to turn the reins over to a rookie quarterback. I guess since I've made you guys start on the other ones, I'll start with my animal comparison for Justin Herbert. And this one is, I guess it's an aquatic theme. Uh, Maybe it's because we have someone with the last name Fish. I don't really know. But I'm going to go with a dolphin. And it's because dolphins work best in pods when they're hunting down fish. And in this case, Herbert needs other weapons around him to succeed. I don't think he's necessarily... And a clean pocket. And a clean pocket. He's not the best quarterback, but he is at least a good enough quarterback that if you provide him with weapons around him, or in this case, a pod to help him attack, he'll be fine. I like sure. It. Yeah, I don't mind it. I yeah, I thought yeah, I thought I yeah, I can see both ways you were going on that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> what do you got, Scott? And that's why I'm, I'm trying to think of an like a. I'm stalling as I try to think of an I, animal. I, I'll, the I'll only, go, the I'll only go animal there. I thought of was for Burrow. And I didn't get to the other two before I came on. <laughs> I'll go and let you give you some more time. I went with a uh, a baby African elephant, and this is this is a little bit weird, but uh, African elephants have a have a, a gestation period of about you know like twenty two to twenty four months. So so Herbert is is he's inside the he's he's just a fetus inside the the belly of the, the Chargers in in, in, a, in a year or two. He's gonna he's gonna come out and and be you know a big a big strong elephant I guess I don't know if that really works but <laughs> that was my first uh, <laughs> this is not the only time that we've alluded to elephant genitalia on this podcast wow it's not genitalia I didn't say anything about genitalia Bobby where's the your, imagery where's your, <laughs> where's your brain at man in the gutter yeah I'm having trouble thinking of one <laughs> you don't have to. Uh, I do. I do like those though. I like that you guys go really off board with your animals. That must be, that must be why you guys do this show is because you, you guys really dig deep. I'm, I'm trying to think of like normal common animals that most people, my son would know you guys <laughs> like snowmen. You're throwing well, out archer fish. <laughs> that's more messed, but to be fair, and this is also another tangent. So I was watching jeopardy with my family uh-huh. and something came up and I forget exactly what it was. It was like, Oh, this animal, I I even forget the animal at this point, but it was an animal question and it was very specific and I answered it and they were like, how do you know that? And I was like, uh, I host a podcast with a zookeeper and I guess I've learned something from it. I don't know. They were very impressed. Hmm. So thanks, Matt. 
Sure, no problem, Bobby. I'll you take helped, my my five percent. You have helped <laughs> helped Bobby with a Jeopardy question. Well, but see, hosting this podcast, you do actually pick up things just from listening to Matt or like. I've gotten oh, to the point where sure. I try to do research on animals beforehand so that even though Matt is the expert here, I at least somewhat sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and so I've become more educated about animals. And that's a nice benefit of mm-hmm. uh, the Zuperflex podcast for both myself and I'm sure our listeners. I represent our listeners and how much they learn about both football <laughs> and <laughs> animals. <laughs> I mean, all this information is out there. It's not like I'm bringing anything completely original to the table here no you are you you absolutely your average person wouldn't think that deeply about about several of these things (laughs) okay also matt how many people do you think knew about pablo escobar's hippos oh i mean that's a good point i don't know that's that was a good story if if, are they in narcos i still haven't finished finished narcos but i don't don't know talk about them in narcos i don't know Scott, have we stalled long enough for you to find that? <laughs> no, no, I don't. Th- I don't think so. I, Transition. I was just sitting here reading a little bit on on Herbert and trying to connect anything I can to to a certain animal, and I, I'm just drawing a blank. This is clearly not my forte. Right. <laughs> I should have. I should have uh, put more thought into the animals before coming on the show. I, I would like to know what animal Ian thinks Herbert is like. Well, if he was in the room, I would ask him, but I, he's outside playing baseball right now, I see. <laughs> the wrong sport, Scott. I know. I can't sport. help it. It changes all the time. He was just <laughs> playing basketball be, like when I started. So Nice. He's well, just, Scott, uh, yeah. make sure you tweet that after the show. I want you, when we're done here, to go and ask him what animal Justin Herbert is and let okay. people know. I will do that. It- <laughs> 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 and we're going to transition to your favorite animal. That time I didn't even have to really say transition. And that's the taper taker. Now I've got <laughs> myself all confused because I was trying to say it right the first time. It's just, you guys say it tapered, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I usually it just say sounds that. more natural. I don't know. Maybe I'm totally wrong. And tapir sounds better to some people, which I think both are technically correct. But we, yeah, I've, we I've, said this before the show. I've, I'd always said taper, but I went to... I, when we had a baby taper born at the Minnesota Zoo, the, the zookeeper kept calling it a tape year. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess both are fine, Matt. That, Matt, that, that, Matt confirms. That's one of those weird Minnesota things, I think, how you guys don't have duck, duck, goose, duck, duck, gray duck. What is that all about? That's just it's just awesomeness is what it is, really. <laughs> it's, it's, it's unique awesomeness. But but now Wisconsin, with uh, not having drinking fountains, they have bubblers. That's just weird. But don't I know that. Makes sense. They call it a bubbler in Massachusetts too. By the I way. lived in Wisconsin for two years, and I don't think I ever heard, ever heard that. But that's cool. Oh, I like it. It's yeah, it's a big thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time I think about, stuff. I can't think about water fountains now without thinking about the episode of Parks and Rec where they have to come up yeah. with a way to yeah. prevent a potty <laughs> resident from putting their whole mouth. <laughs> Those would absolutely be outlawed right now. Water fountains are basic, uh, basically a criminal offense at this point. <laughs> well, Scott, tell us a little bit about why you like tapers, and then we will have Matt give some fa- fun facts. I say fun facts, but sometimes they're not so fun. I should probably just say facts, and then uh, just because sometimes we're talking about animals that are endangered or going extinct. But why do you like them? 
I I just well I think mostly I just think they're they look cool because they're half like this super dark grayish black and and half like a really light grayish there and they got this cool proboscis did you say yeah we'll go with proboscis <laughs> proboscis this, this cool mini trunk soft little like it's 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 exactly what it is it's like an elephant trunk only it's maybe like a foot long it's really. It's really short, but it, it it does the job, and and they eat with it. I, I believe they eat with it. I, I've seen them like Grab shoving them. food shoving food into their mouth with it. Uh, but I I think what I love is when they're babies, they look like little watermelons with legs, which is absolutely adorable. And we've had babies here at the Minnesota Zoo, and uh, you know they're not always together with the parent and baby all the time uh, right away. And maybe Matt knows something about that, but. Uh, once they're once they you know start to drop that watermelon coloring and they're they get more their they're more monotone and then the they get to the the two color thing later but they they seem like good parents they seem like helpful parents in there and I I kind of like that too I don't know there's just the I just think they look cool and they act cool and uh, I love the way they look when they're babies there's a lot I like about them I guess so Matt what are some facts you can share with us about tapers. Uh, yeah, I think Scott's referring to the Malayan taper. That's my favorite one. Well, I, I don't know. It's a toss up between the Malayan taper and the Woolly Mountain taper, but uh, it is the Malayan at Minnesota Zoo. Yeah, the, the, there are four recognized species, and they think there's maybe a fifth one, uh, but it's not hasn't been. I don't think classified as a as a unique species yet. But so there's the Malayan taper. That's the black and white one. The Woolly Mountain taper, the Baird's taper, and the Lowlands taper. And all of them except for the Lowland taper are are pretty endangered. Uh, there people are like, what the heck is that animal? It's like a mixture of all these things. They're actually uh, mostly related to like between like like horses and rhinos are their closest living relatives. Uh, the ones that live in the south in South America, the, all of them except for the Malayan taper live in South America. They're the largest native land a- animal in in South America. And like Scott mentioned, they have that that prehensile kind of nose where they can grab stuff with it when they swim. They they spend a lot of time in the water. They use it like a snorkel kind of, so they can just stay underwater. Um, not quite as long pregnancy as elephants, but longer than us at 13 or 14 months. Uh, and the, the, they are very, uh, the, the parents do take good care of them. They stay with, uh, mom and mom for about eight, 12 to 18 months, which is longer than a lot, of, a lot of animals. So, uh, I think I've told it on this podcast before Bobby, so I cannot tell it if you want, uh, again, but I think I told a story about the Malayan taper and that I, and the, uh, baby and that I helped raise at Woodland Park Zoo. Uh, and how the mom, him, her and her mom, like kind of teamed up to to grab some food that they couldn't reach. Did I tell that story before? That doesn't sound familiar. <clears throat> well, so no, that doesn't sound familiar. So go for it. I'm sure. So people, people have heard it. They'd like to so, again. So people generally, I don't know, maybe not generally. I don't know how pe- how 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 I guess the general public feels about hoofstock, which are animals with hooves. Uh, but typically, they're considered, you know, not quite as intelligent as as other animals. But I tell this story to kind of refute that. So I took care of uh, and helped raise this baby taper, uh, baby lamb taper, and it was like the, it was just at the edge of edge of winter. There was like not really any more leaves left on the trees, uh, but there was this one tree uh, uh, that still had some brows on it. Uh, so. Uh, mom, her name was Key Lang, came over, sits down, sits down like a dog, and then whisk. Does they do this whistle kind of call? They they're super high pitch whistle, um, mm-hmm. and so it calls calls the baby over, uh, and 
she kind of like pulls up and like jumps on mom's shoulders with her front front feet, grabs that last branch of browse, pulls it down, and they both share it. So even animals that people say are you know not necessarily the most intelligent can problem solve like that. So uh, that's that's what my, my my favorite taper story that I have. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, that is awesome. But also, does that mean that you acknowledge that pandas are okay? No, come on, they're still the worst animal. Ice bear is the best. Ice bear <laughs> is by far the best bear. <laughs> best bear. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like both of you might have gotten that reference, which makes me really, really happy. Ice bear, bear, man, it's one of the best. I don't know if even know if it's. I guess it's called. A, I guess it's a kid show, but like it's there's definitely show. stuff for there's definitely stuff for adults in that show. It's my two year old's favorite show in the world. We've gotten him like. Wee Bear Bears toys. I was thinking about getting a Wee Bear, an Ice Bear Funko for just for my desk because I love Ice Bear so much. They have uh, those. Oh, absolutely. Those for that show. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm absolutely. Have- and I have, I, I have had the Ice Bear one in my in my cart for a while on Amazon. That's awesome. I might have to get those. Uh, yeah. Ian says Justin Herbert is an elephant, and my other son says he's Ooh. a turtle. So that nice. that is what it is. Me and Ian, me and Ian agree. We're, we're we're right on on target. Yeah. Yeah, I recently watched the Wee Bear Bear episode where they start uh, like a coffee bar. Yes, yes. And and Ice Bear like gets addicted to, to, to caffeine. He's just like I, making coffee twenty four seven. Do you watch with subtitles because it's the best? Like skittering. I I, no, I don't. Oh, they. Do oh st- man, the the songs are so much funnier with the subtitles. Okay, when you, like <laughs> when you wa- read all the words, because some of the songs just simply describe what's happening. Which is which is so amazing, but uh, yeah, that show's great. We bear bears. I watch that show despite the fact that I don't have children, just because <laughs> I like cartoons. I know that I like some of the uh, casts that are voice actors in it. And yeah, there's a lot of really good stand up before, yeah. so that's part of the reason I checked it out. But yes, I know what you're talking about when it comes to Ice Bear. Um, some people on the open bar would tell you that if you started talking about My Little Pony, I would also understand what you're talking about. They call me Robert Elizabeth Pony. That uh, fake news. I don't know My Little Pony, but you know Bear Bear. Uh, I know you were a brony. Dude. That's a I great documentary, that, right? I have that too. and it, like it's It's out there a little bit, but so... Uh, not the My Little Pony thing with you that they're they're trying to spread, but so my the inside joke in my family, my wife has spread for tw- what twenty years that my favorite movie in the world is She's All That. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> yeah, Matt knows the story. I don't know if you know this story, Bobby, but for twenty years, my wife has pushed this out there, and it it has found itself either by me podcasting or just Twitter in general or whatever, it found itself into the Twitter ranks of people making fun of me for she's all that. One time I turned off whatever recording or movie I was watching as my wife got home. And when I turned off the movie, what was playing in the background? She's all that. And I, I haven't been able to live it down since that I turn out she walks into the house and she's all that is on the TV with like, I'm home alone watching. She's all that or something. Oh, it's terrible. My Little Pony thing started much, I guess, kind of similarly. J. Mike, I was going on open bar and J. Mike was throwing a party for his daughter and he had some My Little Pony balloons. So I said something like, nice balloon. And then they were like, oh, Bobby loves My Little Pony. (laughs) Oh, I think I did see that uh, tweet. That's great. Have you watched that documentary, Bobby? The Bronies documentary? No, but I, so I did actually know a Brony. I did know a Brony in college, believe it or not. He was a uh, interesting guy. 
Interesting. Yeah, I, I would imagine that would be an interesting guy. <laughs> oh, man. I, I forgot to mention it, but if you guys are like tapers as much as Scott and I, you can donate to tape the, the taper specialist group at tapers.org. They do a lot of research and conservation and work with, with all four species of tapers. Very nice. Appreciate you putting that out there and make sure you check that out. I know not every, with the financial situation going on right now, not everybody has the means to donate, but if you do, <laughs> that's certainly a good cause. And yep. we're going to uh, transition to uh, our extinctions of the week. I thought about not doing this during the pandemic because there's a lot of negativity already out there. But I also think that people need a venue to unleash some of their frustrations. So we're going to continue to do this. And Matt, do you have something that you'd like to lead off with for your extinction of the week or since it's been since October extinction of the past few months? Yeah, I mean, it's not very original. It's just if if you're one of these idiots that are out in big public spaces not wearing a mask, please go extinct. <laughs> you know, these these there was a thing uh, several years ago, and I don't remember the state. Maybe for some reason Kentucky uh, stands out, but there was this big thing about uh, a bakery that w- that refused to bake. Uh, a, a, a wedding cake for a gay couple getting married. Uh, so, and now, and now it's just, it's just weird that the same group of people that say, Oh, well, the stores, you know, they, they can operate how they want to operate and serve who they want to serve. Now they're, now they have problems with stores making rules about coming in without wearing a mask. Like, how do you have both of those things? I just, I just don't get it. If you go into the grocery store, please just wear a mask. It's not about you. It's about everybody else. That's the weird thing. Like I saw someone make a counter argument that would you wear goggles so you can't get in your eyes? I'm like, no, it's not about you. It's about you spreading it to others. It's the other way around. You wear the mask to try to protect others. Clearly these people have not read enough John Stuart Mills. And yes, I did uh, TA for political theory. So I still remember John Stuart Mills. (laughs) Yeah. Just, just be a good person. Wear a mask. God, it's not that, it's not that big a deal. My go-to now, if you don't like the mask is, I, I don't like the mask as much because what do I do with it when I'm not wearing it? Is it in a pocket or whatever? You're not supposed to touch the outside of it. I wear a buff like on Survivor around my neck. So when I need it, I pull it up. When I don't, it's just hanging around my neck. And the other day I found myself not even like it, it just you don't even really feel it if you get get the right one. Uh, like I have, I found myself like I, when I was going to bed, I still had it around my neck because I didn't even just realize I just didn't even realize it was there. So just make it part of your your normal day to day. Throw it around your neck and you're you're good. Pull it up when you need it. Yeah, I uh, made a trip to the city to rescue some of my stuff, including a bottle of scotch that I absolutely had to have at my parents' house. Um, I saw some guys wearing masks, but wearing them around their shin and not pulling them up when they saw people. So just a PSA, if you're going to wear a mask, it needs to cover your mouth and your nose or it's not going (laughs) to do anything for you. I saw, I saw a lady at, at the star, at Starbucks inside the grocery store that was just wearing it over her, her mouth. And I was like, what, what, what are you doing? Like, I just don't, I don't get it. If I can wear, if I can wear a mask while I am running up and down steep hills, people say it's hard to breathe with them. If I can do it while I'm running up and down steep hills, cleaning an animal exhibit, I think you can do it just like walking in through a grocery store. Yeah. Scott, I need to premise this because. Scott is known in the community as the nicest guy <laughs> and is known pretty much throughout as the nicest. So this might be the old, one of the few places you actually hear him go off about anything negatively. I'm, I'm going to hate on the entire universe with this one. My, my biggest, uh, big, the biggest thing that's been bugging me is the universe 
only allowing 24 hours in a day. I'm, <laughs> I'm pissed about it. Like I, that is nowhere near enough time for me to get everything I need to get done and sleep uh, an adequate amount of time. <laughs> Who decided this 24? I need like 30, 36 hours in a day. Can, can somebody teach me how to fix this? Because there's just not enough time. And that's that's my biggest gripe right now is that I don't have enough time to do all the things I want to slash need to do. <laughs> it's, you could, it's not really it's not really as much of a fun gripe against you know people being idiots out there or whatever, but it, it's what's really bugging me right now is I just never have enough time for the things that I. You'd think with this whole with everything going on, I'm 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 saving drive time to offices and stuff. Like you'd figure there's more time, and yet somehow there isn't. Scott, you just Matt's about to say what I'm thinking. Matt, are you going to talk about the parallel universe? No, I'm not. I was just going to say you need to figure out how we can move to to Venus because Venus a day is five thousand eight hundred and thirty two hours. Oh. And I was going to suggest the parallel universe <laughs> that was just discovered by NASA because apparently, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So there you yeah. go. Yeah, what either of those might be options. I'll look into it while when we go off air and see what I can figure out. Could you get Charch in on that? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll get Charch right on that after he's <laughs> after he's done like uh, swooning over Ryan Fitzpatrick's new beard and hair. I'll, I'll get him on that. <laughs> Mine is well, uh, going to be very fantasy related. I thought about going pandemic. I thought about maybe going after the universe. But Scott already did that, so I'll leave the universe alone. Uh, so in terms of fantasy, and I had this the other week that I tweeted out, and it was surprisingly more popular than I thought it was. It's essentially just this. If you're going to ask me to share your work, at least seem like you want to have a relationship with me and talk <laughs> yeah, to yeah, me and totally. follow me on Twitter. Ooh. Like I realize the last part might be like petty, but you following me suggests that you at least like want to talk to me and engage. Right. So just hopping into my DMs, which have been open so that people can talk to me when they need to. And also just because it's a pandemic going on and I figure everyone needs someone to talk to. Instead of just hopping in and going like, hey, share this. Thanks. Maybe like, hey, I really thought this particular piece of work was great. Or even just like talk to me about comic books, video games, MLB, the show. I would love to talk to you about MLB, the show. And <laughs> it, then... it feels like this entire show is just Bobby begging someone to get into his DMs <laughs> to talk about MLB, the show. Like I think Matt and I are afterthoughts right now. And Bobby is just looking for an MLB, the show partner friend. Yeah, clearly. I do have I do have a few fantasy people I talk about and I'll be the show with. I'm not even kidding. This clearly needs to be the Shoper Flex, not the Zoom. <laughs> the but show. the point still remains, you know, try to show that you're having some kind of relationship with me and not just using me to share your work. I have yeah. an addendum to that too. Like I have people, my DMs are open too, uh, and I mm-hmm. certainly have less followers than you two. Uh, but I, you know, I get questions like fantasy. Which is like, a crime. Why not? Yeah, I would oh, say we should fix that. I should not I'm have nothing. more followers than Matt. I'm nobody. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I have these people that, you know, they message you asking about lineup or trade questions or whatever. And there's this one guy who's been sending me questions for, I don't know, at least a year. And I always answer and he just doesn't, he doesn't say thank you ever. There's not, a, I look, scroll back to the entire thing, not a single thank you. And he's not even following me. Like, I, 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 I don't care about follower count, obviously, but like, if you're going to have a year worth of free advice, like you can at least toss me a follow or one thank you in, in a year, I would think. So yeah. now, he's, now he's sent me like four in a row and I haven't responded. So we'll see if they keep coming. He's going to listen to this podcast and 
feel very attacked. I hope he does. <laughs> yeah, those are those are yeah, Ryan and I, Ryan McDowell, uh, he's one of my closer friends in the industry. We talk about those things all the time. We get we have the open DMs too, and it's we get questions or um people asking for things like anywhere from SFB spots to to retweeting things to can you check out my work? And then we're like we go to like click on them to like check out their, you know, pin tweet or whatever. Yeah. Not following. You're like, what the hell? Like <laughs> it's how it's, did you even find me? Why do you think if you're not if I'm not worth following, why do you want my advice anyway? Well my first thought is they've spammed like eight people with it. That's that's my that thought when sense. I see that. Like I'm like you you probably just hit up a bunch of people or something. I won't fire particular shots, but after tweeting that a bunch of people did DM me and was like, Hey, was this particular guy? And it was that particular guy. So apparently it was a person just uh, doing that to a bunch of people. Yeah. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I'm thankful that, you know, I miss, I, I, it sucks, but I miss a lot of DMS too. Like the, the with the open DMS, sometimes they just drop off and it does suck, but I do miss a lot of those too. So that's, I guess that's fine. Yeah. My DMS are not nearly as popular. I see all of those that come in, but it's just a thing like, and it applies to life too. This isn't just fantasy. If you want to ask people for things, being nice to them first goes a long yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same as you guys. I don't care about like the follower count or them. Like, I don't care that much, but if you're asking me to do something or help you out, it's, it's weird that like, I, I love when the, you get the, I'm a big fan of your work and all you do. And then there's, they're not following you. And it's like, <laughs> are you anyway? Yeah. Not a big deal anyway. Yeah, you would say that, Scott. You have to like you always have to walk it back just a little bit. Yeah. I will say it's a big deal. Be less rude. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah, that's generally me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. You know, people are gonna do what they want and they have every right to do what they want. And you know what it's it's fine. You know, that is what it is. Um, so I did put this here and you guys don't have to do it, but you can share some I used to listen to the Good Place the podcast and mm-hmm. used to do the segment called Tell me something good or what's good. Something so, good. Did they play that every time, that song? Yeah, pretty much. It did at oh. least once. But okay. if you want to, you can tell me something good. It can be in your personal life. It can be in the fantasy community. It could be in the universe. Maybe Matt actually likes the fact that there are 24 hours. I don't know. <laughs> don't have that's, to. that's crazy talk. <laughs> take an extra hour or two for sure. <laughs> I think everyone could take an extra hour or two. I just figured uh, it's a good time to share some positive news as well. Uh, well, this isn't positive news as much it is as it is just saying teachers are amazing. <laughs> like, like yeah. I, I, I was raised by teachers, so I've always held teachers in really high regard. But having to watch my son go through so like distance learning uh, for the last eight weeks has given me a new respect for teachers who deal with a bunch of first graders or second graders or what Ryan McDowell's a third grade teacher or second, I can't remember second or third, but like people who teach young kids, like how do you wrangle all those kids and, and actually teach them things? It's, it's amazing to me. It's uh, I'm, I'm so impressed by teachers. right My, now. my, my ex-wife, she t- taught uh, 30, she had one class of 38 seventh graders. 
in a yeah. science class. How do you get 38 people, kids that are just going through puberty to do anything? I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. That is, that's like my nightmare scenario to be locked in a room with 38 seventh graders. That, that that's on the terrible. record is saying middle schoolers are the worst people on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm t- when my kids are in middle school, they are going to have the basement. Like I'm like, we have a split level house. There's two bedrooms downstairs, two bedroom upstairs. I'm just going to say the basement is yours. And if I don't see them for a week, I'll just be like, Lord of the flies at Scott's basement. <laughs> yeah. Kind of is right now. There's Legos all over the floor. There's just chaos. Matt, uh, do you have something good to share? Um, uh, I don't know. I, I guess personally, I have my, you know, I'm happier than I've been in a long time. Things are going great with the awesome. new lady. Uh, we're going to, or we've actually somehow been together a year, June 1st. So we're going to go camping out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, yeah. So things, things are good, man. It's good to hear. Congratulations. Thanks. And also tell her, I said, Hey, I, I enjoyed meeting you guys when you were in New York. I will. And I, I went out to, to see Matt. Uh, last August, and he would not introduce me to her. He absolutely <laughs> refused to introduce me to her. Well, you see, Scott, that 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 shiny head of yours. I was afraid you just steal her away. You know, I was, a, I was really afraid of that. So I had to keep her under a lock. It's a yeah. tough move in front of my wife and kids. <laughs> Anybody can do it. It'd be you. To be fair, this was a little uh, later in their relationship that I met them, and he was here. He was here on her birthday weekend and basically was like, hey, is it cool if I meet up with some fantasy people on your birthday weekend? And she was (laughs) cool with it. So there you go. And my something good, I'm not really supposed to share this news, but I know nobody I uh, talk to listens to it anyway. So I'm going to be an uncle. Um, (gasps) My brother-in-law is having a kid. Unclehood is awesome. I've never been an uncle before, so I'm very excited. Um, It's also interesting because the way that they shared it was he was wearing like a turtleneck that made him look like Steve Jobs. And so we were making fun of him for it. And then he did a costume change and put on like a thing one shirt. And then his wife was wearing thing two. And then they held up the little like baby thing three. So very excited to be an uncle. And uh, that's my something good. Nice. Very awesome. That's very awesome. As someone who doesn't have kids and isn't planning on having kids, I love being an uncle because I get all the good parts, and I get I, I, at the end of the night I can send them home to to their to their fa- actual family. Watch, they've never listened to a podcast before. Watch them listen to this one episode and be like, "You weren't supposed to say anything." <laughs> oh, I would love that. You'll have to tell us if that does happen. You will tell us if that happens. I'm sure, guys. Yeah. You're never going to believe this. You actually listened, and oh, I'd be in so much trouble. It would be insane. Our three, our, our three listeners got some inside news. Yeah. Um, with that, unless there's anything else you guys want to talk about, I think we're going to uh, wrap up. Yeah, let's, let's wrap get, it up. Let's, let's get out of here. Yep. Well, end show. <laughs> Transition. The end. Scott, we appreciate you joining us again. Uh, everyone knows where to find you, but just in case, at scottfish24 on Twitter. He yep. is in charge of safe leagues. You should make sure you check out some of those leagues and join them. Make his yeah. job a little bit easier. Maybe he can get an hour of sleep. 
if some more people join. <laughs> I don't I think it works the opposite way, but but please do join safeleagues.com or safeleaguesfantasy.coms or safeleaguesffl.com. They all go to the same exact site. So, uh, yeah, we have dynasty leagues, redraft leagues, best ball leagues, dynasty best ball leagues, slow auctions. We're going to have some Devi leagues coming out soon. We got everything. So if you're and, looking for a startup. And join the DLF Champion Series because it's so much yes. fun. I hear those are really fun. I can't, I'm so not allowed fun. to play in them, but I hear they're fun. I wasn't sure I was allowed to play in them, but then, then apparently <laughs> I was. So that was that was fun. I, I, the only thing I'll say, Scott, is we need an auction version. I know that's probably it, a pain, too, too much of a pain to run. For it, it's absolutely not a pain at all. It's just there's some like grand possible ideas um, for them, and it would kind of need them to all be run exactly the same for sure. that. Um, but I'm I'm considering it, or I'm considering the same exact setup, just not under the DLF brand sure. or something yeah. uh, to do an auction. What auction Matt is saying is he wants you to sleep less, Scott. He's seeing <laughs> how much sleep you get now, and he wants you to get even less. Yeah, yeah. yeah, pretty much. You don't need to sleep. I need to hire help is what I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt, let the people know where they can find you and what you're up to. I know you're still doing uh, DGN and a few other pods as well. Yeah, Dynasty Game Night happens. It doesn't happen nearly as often as it used to, honestly. Russ Fisher coming up on board uh, kind of made John and I a little bit lazy because he he does all the editing and comes up with a bunch of sh- fresh show ideas and stuff. So, uh, and all and, and honestly, is we're, he we're... the reason that you guys don't let me on the show? Oh my is god, it, I am is going it Russ? to. Scott. Is it Russ that doesn't let me on that uh, show? Yeah, make sure you uninvite Dynasty Outhouse from the Scott Fishbowl. He's the reason you're not on DJ. Uh, um, let's see what else. Find me at Matt Price FF and all my work at DLF. DLF, uh, whatever you want to call it, the main main podcast, and I do the the mailbag. And you can find it. us at. You're listening to the show, but just in case, you can find us at Superflex on Twitter, exactly as it sounds with the Z. And uh, you can check out our cool Polar Bear logo that I don't think many people know I had uh, my wife's designer friend draw for us. So that is a custom logo. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. And now stay classy, Tennessee Twitter. Bat! Oh, I, I talked right <laughs> over you because I was like, now I got to check out your logo. Uh. And also, hi, Russ. Sorry you're uninvited from FB because of us. Please edit our podcast still. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening.